0: Good morning. Let's stand all over the house this morning. Let's sing this old hymn of the Church Heaven's Jubilee. be making their way here this morning and just stand here, but we the day is an exciting day uh, for us uh, in the church today. Uh, we have some folks that have expressed interest in becoming part of the family of God here today, and, uh, and so we're going to ask those that have either via uh, transfer or uh, going to join if they'll come stand beside me up here this morning, uh, and uh, let's welcome them to the, those that are going to be joining church today if they'll just come here this morning. We're going to read uh, these series of questions to them today, and we're going to uh, let them join the family of God today. We did have one more that were another person that's supposed to be here. Miss um, Nina was going to come and be a part of it today. You can stand right here beside me. Miss Nina was going to come be a part of it, but Miss Nina got sick this morning, and so she. Brother Mike, you can you'll stand right over here with us. Uh, she got sick this morning, so we're when we pray today, we'll uh, we'll have but sister nina was so excited she's been waiting for months to join the church i said i'm gonna get one done i'm gonna get it she came to yesterday to our little class and seminar about it everything was great and she woke up this morning not feeling well and so she's just heartbroken she texted and said i'm so sorry I said, well, the good news is, as long as they don't fire me between now and next Sunday, if you're back, we'll get you in. We'll we'll make sure you get in. And uh, I told her she could call in and we could do a mobile church. We could do a virtual church. Let her join virtually. Just answer the questions on Facebook. We'll, we'll answer it, you know. But uh, we're excited. It's always exciting times to have the body of Christ uh, increased. Uh, and those that want to express membership in the church, we're just so honored to have them. So we're going to pray. Uh, we're going to. Uh, take them in, and then we're going to pray together. And then as you bring your tithes and offerings this morning, uh, if you have a chance during the meet and greet time, just speak to them and let them know how excited we are that they are part of our family here today. So, when we talk to, when you talk about bringing new members into the church, there's a series of questions that we like to ask them, just so that they know they're making a covenant to God, and it's a serious covenant because this is a, a not a covenant to just our church, but what they're making to God. And so it's very solemn. We talked about it yesterday. So the candidates, let me say to you today, you realize in presenting yourself for membership that you are assuming the solemn obligation, and it is expected that you will always be true to your promise and faithfully fulfill it to the best of your ability as a loyal member. The following are a series of questions that will prompt an answer, and I will give you the answer to which you are to repeat. Do you publicly confess and testify that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior in the full pardon of your sins? If you do, you may answer, I do. Are you willing to walk in the light of Scripture as it shines upon your life and guide you on this journey of faith? If so, you may answer, I am. Amen. Are you willing to abide by and ascribe to the teachings, discipline of the Church of God, the teachings and outlined in Scripture that are set forth by the minutes of the Church of God, General Assembly? If you so, you may answer, I am. Amen. Are you willing to support the Church with your attendance and giving to the best of your ability as the Lord prospers and blesses you? You may answer, I do. Do you agree to be subject to the counsel and admonition of those the Lord placed over you in the Lord? If so, you may answer, I do. If there is any member who has a legal obligation to any of these becoming members of the Church of God, that member may now speak. Never had that happen before. Don't plan for it today. By the authority invested in me as an ordained bishop of the Church of God, I take great pleasure and welcome you into this body of believers membership, I extend to you this right hand of fellowship, and encourage you to call on any services that you need, from my office at any time. I have confidence that each one of you will be a faithful member and a blessing to our church and that the church will be a blessing to you. I pray our fellowship will always Mm. be bound together with an unbroken love that only God gives. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for the love, mercy, and grace you extend to us. Lord, as we pray, Lord, today we ask that you would bless these that have joined fellowship and members of our body of believers here at Santee Circle. God, we ask that you would just continue to bless them and keep them and just shine your favor upon them. Father, we also pray this morning for our tithes and offerings that you would bless them as well. Let every person that gives today bless the gift and the giver. Bless those that have to give and those that don't. If someone today can't give, Lord, I pray at some point you would bless them so they can give back for all that you've done for them today. Father, everything we take in offerings today, let it be for the advancement and the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. And we will forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Christ's name we pray. The body of Christ together said amen. 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 During this meet and greet, if you'll bring your tithes and offerings and welcome our new members today. God bless you. back to your seats this morning. We are so glad to have you with us today, uh, in service with us. Uh, we have a lot of folks that are um, sick today, and uh, so we want to make mention of them to you before we uh, have scripture and prayer in our special selection. Uh, but a- April and Chris, their whole family's got some kind of stomach bug, and so that's why the Cravens are not here today. They're all uh, pretty sick. As I said, Ms. Nina uh, is not feeling well today, as well, so there's a lot of folks just battling all kinds of stuff. Just want to make a couple housekeeping items. Don't forget, you can always watch us online uh, for services and things like that. But remember, the end of this month on February 25th at 8:30 at Hardy's amongst Corner, any of our seniors uh, or, or pillars of the church. Uh, if you would like to meet us for breakfast, we just want to spend some time with you and uh, and and share uh, some uh, uh, fellowship with you together, if possible. Uh, as well. For all those that are our guests today, we are so glad to have you. Those joining online as well, we're just so honored to have you in service today uh, as well. I'm going to ask those coming to lead scripture and prayer, if they'll come at this time, and immediately following them. Uh, Sister Lila Fay will be coming to bless us with the song this morning. God bless you.
1: Praise the Lord. God's house first, John. God's love toward us, spoken by John. I'm gonna just read a couple scriptures and then I'm asking us all to go to the Lord in prayer. First, John chapter 3, verse 1, he said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Verse 2 Beloved, now are we the sons of God? It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Praise the Lord. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I like God's love. Amen. Praise the Lord. I was always it's good to be in God's house. Um, thank for those that join. <laughs> we are a one big family, and I Amen. thank God for that. Um, we end this thing together. Praise the Lord. Um, I share with my Sunday school class uh, um, There's a mighty outpouring over in the UK Praise God um, Among college kids And, and I just want to encourage the young and the old Let's all get on board um, I want to be a part of this um, outpouring of God's spirit And presence in the church today So um, again I'm going to give this opportunity to all pray Let's invite God's presence I didn't come here I, didn't come, here, I, I come here to feel His presence Amen. I want to be in the presence of God let us pray. Father, again, we're thankful Good evening, for your love and mercy. Lord, we're thankful for, Lord, all that you do in our lives. Lord, again, we ask, Lord, that you just touch and minister in this hour, Lord. Father, I pray that things are, uh, songs that are sung, Lord, that we give you pure worship and give you pure praise, Lord, for that's our heart. Father, we do ask, Lord, that you anoint and bless our brother, Lord, as he you presents your word. Father, I pray, Lord, that we all be encouraged. stirred up. For, Lord, you say in your word, stir up the gift. Lord, that we might worship you, Lord, again, as always, in spirit and in truth. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. Bless this service, we pray. In Jesus' name, we all say, praise the Lord. Amen.
0: Stand all over the house this morning. Let's continue to worship the Lord. The Bible says that the Lord wants to give good gifts to His children. And so I believe that we've seen the last couple weeks the Spirit of the Lord moving in our services. And uh, this song came back to my remembrance a couple weeks ago when the Lord was moving, and I brought it back to the worship team. But the Bible says that God has seasons of life. And I believe this is our season. The Lord wants to bless us, and He wants us to show us great and mighty things. So let's worship the Lord. table for anyone, Lord. Lord, we sent your sweet spirit in the house today. Lord, we can feel you in this room. Lord, all across this world, Lord, the highest form of praise anyone can give is a hallelujah. It's the same in every language, Lord, but it means the same, Lord. It's just the biggest praise we can give. So, Lord, we come before you today and we offer our praise to you. You're holy. There's none like you, Lord. God, there's no one that ever has come close to comparison to who you are. God, we feel your presence in this house today. God, we know you're holy. We know you're majestic. We know you're mighty. We know you're a strong tower, a deliverer. God, Lord, we welcome your presence in this house. We want you to make residency. We want you to make habitation with us. We want you to just sit down in our midst and just let us love on you and just worship you in this house today. God, it doesn't matter what song is sung. It doesn't matter what message is preached. If the voice of the Lord is wanting to speak, God, everything else, let it become silent so that God and God alone is heard today. You are holy. You are holy. Lord, we love you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord, for worthy is the Lamb, worthy Worthy is is the the lamb. Lamb, you are holy,
2: you are holy, Lord, you're holy.
0: And for the next 30 seconds, will you just love on the Lord? Will you just talk to the Lord? Will you just speak to Him like a friend? Will you just speak to Him like a father and a child? Will you speak to Him like a companion? Will you speak to Him like the lover of your soul? Will you speak to Him like you're the apple of His eye? And, and Will you just love on Him? Will you just tell Him how great He is, church? That's what we're here to do. We're here to love Jesus. We're here to worship Jesus. We're here to magnify Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We magnify your name, Lord. We exalt your name. We bless your name. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy of all the glory and all the honor you're worthy you're majestic lord there is none like you there is no other name under heaven and earth by which men must be saved but it's at the name of jesus lord we've come to praise you we've come to glorify you we've come to magnify the name of the lord great is your faithfulness morning by morning new mercies we receive we just love you lord we bless your name lord We welcome you, Holy Ghost, in this place today. Oh, we give you glory, Lord. And we give you honor, Lord. And we magnify you. Oh, can you just give the Lord a hand of ovation of praise. Oh, we clap our hands, all you people. Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord today. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what you feel out there, but Lord, I know God's in the house today. Oh, I feel Him in this place, this place today. Hallelujah. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. Oh, we magnify you, Jesus. Oh, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, we thank you, Holy Ghost. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I think some folks today feel Jesus in this place. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. God's been too good to me for me not to praise Him, church. God's been too good to me for me not to exalt His name. God's been too good for me for me not to worship Him. Oh, He's he's worthy of our praise. Oh, magnify the Lord. Let us exalt His name together. Oh, we love You, Lord. We love You, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless Your name. Hallelujah. Oh, we welcome you, Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Well, <laughs> glory. Oh, yeah. hallelujah. Oh, we feel you, Lord. We worship you, Lord lord let your spirit breathe on us again lord let the wind of your spirit breathe on us again lord breathe on us breathe on us breathe on us lord hallelujah hallelujah we glorify you lord we magnify you lord oh just worship him church he's in this house he's in this house oh we love you lord We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. When I was was in college, was a song that came out. It was a black gospel song that came out. I don't remember the exact year that it came out. And I was actually, when we were just singing that song and you were worshiping, I I remembered the song. It was just a catchy little tune. It wasn't really, I don't want to say it wasn't super profound. It wasn't a long song, but I don't know when the author wrote it and what he had on his mind, but the song literally just said, I feel your spirit all over me. It's in my hands, in my feet, down in my soul. I feel your spirit all over me. And then the, the, the tag of the song was moving. And then they, they kind of held that line. It's moving all over me. And I'm going to tell you right now that sometimes you can't explain the Lord.
2: Amen.
0: You just have to experience the Lord. You could have all the preachers. You can have all the people with Ph.D.s and dignitaries and scholars and biblical uh scholars and theologians all you want to try to teach you the Greek and the Hebrew and this and that and the other they teach all of the educational scholastic and academia side of it but books ain't the same as the experience you can talk about the presence of God you can talk about the pneuma the breath of God you can talk about the spirit of God you can talk about all you want to but when he actually blows and you feel him it's different than what you read about him in the book You can read the Bible Don't get me wrong I'm a firm believer in reading your word You can read it all day long But when you feel the breath of the Spirit Rather than reading about the breath of the Spirit It changes the moment in that moment I believe that God is wanting to do something in this church I believe ever since we started January And come out of this fast The services have been different The Spirit of the Lord has been moving God has been moving And things have been happening miracles have been happening people have been talking about things they've been dealing with for over a year God healed them of those things Amen. shoulder pains and back pains and ailments I'm gonna tell you something I still believe that that God's still real I believe prayer Amen. still works Amen. if I didn't believe it I wouldn't do what I do but I still I know prayer works because I see it work I know Miss Nina's is sick and I know April and Chris are sick but I was thinking as I we transitioned and we were singing there, I started thinking of some serious requests that that are happening right now in, in the body of Christ. Right now my mind immediately went to Baby Mason who's back at the hospital. He's at M U S C he's been there and his GI problems are still. Cincinnati hospital hasn't called and that's where Miss Jean's at today and Brooke and all of them are there. They thought they may have had some a breakthrough yesterday and then they had a setback. Now it's seems to be a little bit worse than it was before we went in. It's just he can't, can't get relief. He, he just he's, he's miserable. He's hooked up on all these IVs, and he's got all these different hookups to him, and he's, he's fidgety, and he, he doesn't understand. He's only two. He doesn't understand why he's got all these monitors and stuff hooked up to him, and he's getting antsy, and he just can't get relief. I went down there Friday, and I saw the, you can see it on his face, just the, the misery and the frustration of a two-year-old being pinned into a hospital room. Imagine if you had a two-year-old and you locked him up in a room and never let him out They couldn't go nowhere and hook him up to all these things. They can't move It's miserable I started thinking as we were singing that song I thought well God if you could take people like Nina Sister Nina who had shoulder pain for over a year and you healed her of shoulder pain Why can't you heal a two-year-old little boy in a hospital? The Bible said, Jesus had suffered the little children coming to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. All of the heavenly principles, Jesus used, a lot of times used children. He talked about children having childlike faith. He used children to teach the kingdom of heaven. So, why can't he heal a two year old? The last couple of weeks, I remained pretty silent, but a couple of months ago, about two months ago, Brianna started having really bad headaches right after she went to her eye doctors. They saw some swelling on the back of her eye and they first thought it might just be some kind of optic nerve. So they referred her to a retina specialist. We went there a couple weeks ago. He didn't like the scan. So now we, last week, ended up at a neurologist's office. He doesn't like the scan. And now we're scheduled waiting to have an MRI and a scan of her brain. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not. It may just be optic nerve. I don't know. We don't know if it's a tumor. We don't really know what's causing this problem. Brand and I went home this week and we prayed together. I said, I'm going to bring you for the church. We're going to pray for you. And she said, well, I have children's church this week, so good luck. You know her. She's very bashful. She's very shy. This whole week, I started thinking all the worst. God, what if she has a brain tumor? What am I going to do? God, what if we take that MRI and it comes back that it's not optic nerve swelling. It's something more serious. They want to do lumbar punctures. They want to see what the pressure is. They don't like it. We don't know if it's medicine related. We don't know if it's something allergic. We don't know what caused it. We hope it's something as simple as that, but we don't. Nobody, none of the doctors feel good right now. They want more tests. They want more results. I sat my house this week and one day she was she was asleep because she had just got off work and sister in my mind went to what if what if it comes back it's a brain tumor what am I gonna do what if it comes back it's something worse what am I gonna do brother James I had to remember a scripture that I had read many many years ago and and it became more illuminating to me in that moment than ever before the Bible said David it saw all his family be taken the city of Ziklag, he saw it burned down to the ground. He saw that the men were turning against him. He saw that everything was stacked up against him. It didn't look good. The Bible said David went and he asked the priest. He said, "I want the ephod. It was the it was the breastplate. It was the royal thing of, of of that you prayed with. It was the thing that they used." The Bible said David put it on the garment of praise, if you will. And the Bible said he went in, and the Bible uses a, an interesting phrase he said he encouraged himself in the Lord what a unique concept my world's falling apart but I'm going to encourage my own self I don't need the preacher to do it I don't need the in my chair this week I wasn't the preacher I was a husband I didn't need the preacher I needed God now I don't know what the MRI is going to reveal in a couple days when we go take it I'm not worried just not because if it is a brain tumor, I know a, I know the best neurologist this side of heaven. Oh, I'm not talking about the guy at MUSC, I'm not talking about the guy at Roper. I know the guy who formed brains, Man. made every neuron, every dendrite, every synaptic vesicle connect together and start sending things across the hippocampus, the thalamus, and send it all. I know the God who created it. He knows how the brain's supposed to work. I know a God that can, if it takes modern medicine to use it, great. But I also know a God, we can take an MRI. And God said, there's nothing to worry about. We can take care of that right now. Yeah, amen. I'm not saying that I am flippant about it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I believe God's a healer. Amen. Amen. And we're going to pray here in just a moment. I don't know what, we, if we get to the message, we get to it. If we end up praying, whatever it happens, happens. But I believe that if God can heal people like nine of shoulder pain God can heal Mason God can take care of Brianna's situation that's going on in her brain right now and I believe that there's people in this house that maybe you have needs that we don't even know about but God can take care of yours too I still believe prayer works church I believe it so while they're playing I I want us to just pray you pray however you feel led you can pray up front you can pray at your seat you can sit down you can stand up I just want you and God to talk I want you to pray, not only for the needs I brought to your attention, but I want you to pray if you have needs in your own life, encourage yourself in the Lord. Not that I'm not willing to pray for you, but why don't you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness right now? Why don't you put on the worship that you have for Jesus? Why don't you bring God your alabaster box praise today? Why don't you and God encourage encourage yourself in the presence of the Lord? Let's pray together. Father, we love you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. You see right now where Mason is at in that hospital. God, Brooke may feel like she can't pray. Brooke may feel like the world's stacked up against her. Brandon may feel like it's not looking good. Lord, there might be people right now that Mason might be miserable in his heart, miserable in his life. God, he's two years old, but God, you're a healer. You're a healer, Lord. You're a healer. God, I'm asking you to go right there at that MUSC hospital room. God, I want you to walk into that room and I want you to do what only you can do. I'm not worried about a GI doctor. I'm not worried about any specialist. I want God, the greatest physician of all time, to walk into that room and to reconstruct bowels, reconstruct GI intestines and make it all work together for the glory of God. Father, you know what's going on in Brianna's mind right now. I don't know what the MRI is going to show. But I know the God that is a supplier of all my needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. I know a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which my mind can think or comprehend. I know a God that can heal. I know a God that can make make whole again. I know you can take the whatever they're afraid of that's going on in there and you can eradicate it, you can terminate it, you can make it benign, whatever it is. You can do it because you are God and there is none like it unto you. You are great. You are great and greatly to be praised. There is no one like our God. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. Jehovah the the God that heals. We know that. We believe that. We lay claim to that, Lord, right now. Oh, worship him, church. Worship him, church. Worship him, church, Father. name we pray. Oh Lord, you're holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. we worship you we glorify the name of all names hallelujah you can be seated if you're able you don't have to stand don't miss this moment of worship though don't miss your moment of worship together the Lord is moving on people's hearts he's touching people right now he's speaking to them today in the presence of the Lord see the church this is what church is all about yeah singing is great it's awesome musicians they're wonderful they're great I've been on both sides with musicians and without. I, I, they're wonderful to have media they're great great to have it so you can see the words it's wonderful tithes and offerings they're great, they help pay the bills they're great the preaching of God's word is wonderful it draws the sinner to repentance, it changes the hearts, it, it chastises the believer, it brings about comfort solace and hope to those that need it. I mean the preaching of God's word is awesome but nothing no song that is sung. No eloquent speech or message given by a preacher ever preached. No offering ever taken and the amount never given. No quality of musicianship that's on the platform. Nothing is the same as Jesus walking into a room. The message might be good, but it'll never be like when God talks himself. The singing might be wonderful, but it won't be. It's not like, it's not the same as when angelic hosts come into the room and you just sense the Spirit and the presence of God being ushered in in worship. Oh, the musicians might sound wonderful, but it's not as beautiful as when we come in one mind and one accord and one body and we sing together and we uplift Jesus Christ together with our voices toward heaven. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yes, offerings are great to pay the bills and do that things, but God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and He's never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. So whether the money came in or not, God's not limited. He's not limitless. He has all kinds of power in His hands. He can do whatever He wants to do because He's God, and there is none like Him. There's nothing like Jesus. Nothing. I had a message today, Obviously, the Lord's kind of transitioned this service a little bit differently. I want you to know we were going to start a series today, if the Lord would have allowed me to do so. We were going to start a series this morning, obviously, you know, February, we all have this time of the month that where we go buy gifts, we take wives and husbands out to dinners and All this stuff, we circle the 14th day of the month on a calendar to remember. You might be a little bit different than the preacher. I told my wife when we got married, I didn't do Valentine's Day. I did anniversaries that changes. Because our anniversary is two weeks after Valentine's Day. I'll be broke if I have to pay for every time we're celebrating something. But uh, I know some celebrate it. But we were going to start a series this week called Endless Love you know that God, God loves us so much. He loves us so much. Do you realize that the Bible says in John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world, everybody, that he sent his only son to die a vicarious death, to be utterly humiliated before God. Amen. But God loved the world so much in their sin second state that he sent his only begotten son. That whoever would accept him as Jesus, they could have the promise of eternal life. That's love. The apostle Paul took it a step further. He said God demonstrated his love for us in this manner. That while we still yet were in sin, we didn't even know who Jesus was. While we still were in sin, Christ died for us. God sent his son even for the people who didn't even know he was coming. While we still were sinners, God already showed his love. 1 John 4 and 8, the Bible gives us a picture of God. It says, for God is love. He is love. He's not just a God who gives love. It is a part of his DNA. It is actually a characteristic. God is holy, yes. God is majestic, yes. God is powerful, yes. God is a judge at times, yes. God is a peace giver, yes. God is a comforter, yes. But God is love. It's a descriptor of Him. fact, the Apostle Paul said that we are supposed to be like Christ. He said, Husbands, love your wives. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and was willing to give Himself as a sacrifice or die on her behalf. He said, Husbands, be sacrificial. You know, see, there's four different types of love you often see throughout the Holy Pages of Scripture. Phileo, storge eros and agape. Sometimes you'll hear the you know terminology love used as a as storge, which is you know familial, mother, father, sisters, familial. Sometimes in scripture you'll hear the word phileo used where we get the word Philadelphia, the root word is from Philadelphia and the church of Philadelphia in the book of Revelation. It's brotherly love. It's as you and I. We're not biological, but we're brothers and sisters of faith. We're friends. We're we're co-laborers in the Lord. They're, you know, we're different relationship than a biological brother and sister, which is storge. But phileo is the brothers and sisters of the faith. Eros is the kind of love for husband and wife that that intimate, that that binding love, the sexual, the sensuality kind love. But when the apostle Paul uses the word husband love your wives as Christ loved the church. Both terms of love. He used the term agape. Not steros, not not eros, not starge, or not phileo, but agape, meaning unconditional and sacrificial. What he said, husbands, be willing to do everything in your power to prefer her before you prefer yourself. Just as Christ laid aside all of the splendors of heaven to come down to an earth and to put on carnality and to die, knowing not everyone would actually appreciate that he did it. Think about that for a moment. Christ left all of heaven's streets of gold, gates of pearls, jasper walls. He left some of the most majestic sights that's ever been seen. John the Revelator tried to put it into words in Revelation, but John the Revelator says I can't even really explain it to you. I don't know how. To, I'm trying my best, but you're just going to have to wait till you get there. It's just it's indescribable. He can't explain it. The Apostle Paul talked about the, this journey of faith. That Christ gives us an indescribable gift of salvation. You can't explain what God does in your life. Could you imagine? Jesus knew He's the God of omnipresent and omniscient. He's unknowing. knowing. He's omnipresent. He's, he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He knows from the end, from the beginning, the first, the last. He knows all. And yet, He was still willing to send His Son to die, knowing not everyone would appreciate what He did. I mean, he left heaven knowing some people were going to say, I don't care. I don't want it. I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to lay down my life for you. I'm willing to give you access to the portals of glory. And yet he knew some would say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. And yet, Brother James, it did not deter him from coming. He said, even if it was just for one sheep, would not a shepherd if he had a hundred sheep in his fold and he's out in the meadowlands and he's in the pastures and he's watching his sheep graze but one strays off in the middle of the day and he comes in at night and he hurdles the sheep into the sheep pen and he brings them all in and he begins to do a head count. And when he counts he realizes he's got ninety-nine, not a hundred. Somewhere out there in the world in the hustle and bustle In the frailty of life, somewhere out there, one of them got lost. They lost their way. They lost their direction. They lost their vision. They lost their sense of community. They lost their their vision. Without a vision, people perish. I mean, they lost community. They got separated. He said, would not the shepherd put the 99 in the corral and he would put them in there and he'd have maybe a buddy of his, just keep an eye on him, but he'd go out in the darkness with his staff, he'd call it by name. He'd search mountains high. He'd search valleys low. He'd go in the clefts of the rocks. He'd look everywhere. And even he'd search and he'd search and he'd search. And as he's searching, he hears the bleeding of a lamb. He hears a faint in the darkness. just a... Way off in the distance, but he, he knows, he can hear there's distress in the sheep's voice. He can hear that the sheep is not safe, the sheep is scared, the sheep is wet, his wool is wet. He is, he is terrified, he is scared, he is all alone. He has, he has literally made him, that, that sheep at this point has now made himself vulnerable and for prey. He's all alone, he's isolated himself from the community of faith. He's isolated himself from the people of God. He's, he's alone and the devil is waiting on him. Would not the shepherd crawl down there into the gully where the sheep's broken leg is, where he can't walk and he's ewing with pain in his body. Would not that shepherd crawl down there, risk his own life with predators all around him, put that sheep on his shoulder and triumphantly walk out of that dark, dusk, depressing state and bring that sheep back to the fold so there's a hundred back in the fold and nurse it. And when he brings it back, not go, not just first go to the sheepfold, but parade through town and cry out with the most celebratory of voice and the most triumphant and victorious sound. My sheep, which once was lost, has now been found. Come, let's celebrate this together. Oh, church, can I tell you that's the way God is still today. It doesn't matter if 99 people are staved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled sitting in this church this morning but oh, if there's just one, if there's just one grandchild in this room that you have that I don't know, but they're lost. If there's just one husband that's in this room that don't come to this church, but is lost. If there's just one unbelieving wife that doesn't come to this church and is lost. If there's one unbelieving child, one just one, one unbelieving sibling, if it's just one person, oh, how God wants us to just be corralled in here. Even if it's just one person that used to come to this church and sit on this pew, they were a part of the sheepfold, but they lost their vision. They lost their sense of community. They lost their brotherly love. They lost the desire to be in the family of God. Oh, doesn't God want us to say, This is great. We love worshiping on Sunday. We love being together. But doesn't He want us to go as the chiefs under shepherds, as pastors and as ambassadors? The Bible says we are priests of the order of Melchizedek. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people. Oh, doesn't God want us to go out there into the hustle and bustle because the devil's waiting on our children. The devil's waiting on your grandchild. The devil's waiting on your son or daughter. The devil's waiting on your husband or wife. The devil's waiting on your mother or father. The devil's waiting on your siblings. Oh, but doesn't God want us to go into this dark world and get right in there and risk it all, but have the chief shepherd going with us? And when we hear the fainting, mewing, and bleeding of lambs that are out there that have lost their way, oh, the Bible says, doesn't God want us to pick them up wherever they are, whether they're a prostitute, whether they're a drug addict, whether they're an alcoholic, whether they're an adulterer, whether they're a cheater. Oh, doesn't He want us to grab them and bring them along the way and say, the shepherd's been looking for you. The shepherd wants you. He loves you. He died for you. And bring them back safely into the fold. No, doesn't God, the Bible said how the angels of heaven rejoice when just one lost soul comes to know Jesus. Oh, that should be the heartbeat of the church. It doesn't. We love miracles. We love healings. But there's no greater miracle and there's no greater healing that when one who has sinned sickened with a black heart applies red blood and it becomes washed white as snow there's no miracle that you can explain greater than that there's no no healing better than when a broken heart and a broken life is mended back together again church that's got to be the God that we long for that's got to be the spirit we desire that's got to be the endless love we long for because nothing is greater than those that are lost come to know Jesus Christ you talk about endless love sacrificial love the word endless literally is self explanatory it never ends do you know that no matter what you do no matter what your children do no matter what your spouse does, your family does the Bible said there's neither height nor depth There's neither principalities. There's neither neither forces of spiritual wickedness in high places. Not even life or death. Living or dying. There's nothing that can separate you from God's love. You can run, Jonah, but he still loves you. You can curse him, Peter, but he loves you. You can question him, John the Baptist, but he loves you. You can try to take matters into your own hand, Abraham, and expedite the process, but he still loves you. You can try to lie your way out of situations, Isaac. You can deceive, try to be deceptive, Jacob. You can be a murderer, David, but he still loves you. You could say, God, I have nothing to offer you. I have speech impediments. I have disabilities, Moses. But He loves you. He loves you. Just wrap your mind around that for a moment. He loves you. Say, Pastor, what do you mean? I mean, you could be the world's worst sinner. You could be like the Apostle Paul and say, you're the chief among sinners, but God still loves you. Amen. Every person that's ever died and went to hell. They did so by walking over the love of God. It wasn't because God didn't love them. They bypassed His love to get there. He bypassed God's love. It's endless, it never ends. Well, if God's like that, so shouldn't we be the same? If Gomer should walk into this room this morning, she's Hosea's wife, she's a woman. That was what the message was about today. In fact, next Sunday I'll unpack this all together, but the sermon today was literally this. The preacher and the prostitute. That'll get a tabloid started in town. You go out in town and say, hey, my preacher was spotted with a prostitute. There's going to be a lot of questions people have in town about you and what church you go to. That's a good starting point. The preacher and the prostitute. That's a good one. What if Gomer did walk in church today? Would she feel welcomed? Would she feel accepted? Not, not, not. Don't listen, listen to the preacher. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. I didn't say you can you condone the sin. Amen. You can not condone just because you don't condone their behavior doesn't mean you can't still love them as a person. Right. See, it's easy. He who was out sand cast the first stones. What Jesus said. It's easy for us to judge everybody else's family until it's one of our family members is the one that's now standing in that gap and then we don't want everybody to throw stones at us because it changed because it's our family now that's the sinner, in the hands of an angry God and needing of a savior with grace and mercy. See, the reality of it is if Gomer walked into many churches today I'm not so sure she would have endless love. I'm not sure there would be people that would hug her neck. I'm not sure there would be many people that would invite her to women's ministries meetings or sisterhoods or ladies circles. I'm not sure there would be many people that would say, Can I pray with you today? I don't want you to leave this place the way he walked in. You know why? Because they don't want the names in the tabloids in town. Oh, I saw Sister So-and-so or Brother So-and-so talking to Gomer. You see, the reality of it is, what if a man's stone drunk, belligerent, cursing, ranting and raving being just absolutely ruthless came to church would we take the sergeant of arms would we take the security detail would we take the emergency response and usher him outside and call the authorities or, and, and send him to jail immediately or would we try to pray with him and sober him up amen because i've been in churches where they came in drunk on alcohol but they left drunk on a spirit amen. but it wasn't alcohol God sobered them up in the church, and He cleaned them up right there in the altar, and then they left. They were drunk, but it wasn't from the Bud Light, the Budweiser, or the Michelobes. It was the Holy Spirit that that drunk them up that night. He still can do it. The the Bible says God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's still able. See, it's easy if, if, if Gomer walks in, or drunken Noah, or drunken Peter, or cursing Peter walks in the room. It's easy for us to always say, Brother Larry, I need you to go out there. I need you to handle that. We don't want to disrupt church. But I wonder how many people walk into church every Sunday. They're just as wretched, filthy sinners. They just have secret sins. Amen. No one knows about. But we shake their hands. We hug their neck. We invite them over to the house for dinner this week. But they're just as guilty if they were to die before God as Gomer or Peter or Paul, or David, or any other person in the Bible, Noah and his drunken stupor, because the only difference is we know their sins. But the ones that keep it hidden, we're willing to accept because we just say, well, we don't know. Well, ignorance is not bliss before God. All things Amen. become illuminated under God. The Bible says the things you do in secret, God will show up and reveal openly. Nothing is hidden from the sight of God. Ask Jonah. He tried that, and it didn't work. I'm not going to preach to you. We're going to get ready to de- dismiss. I want to leave you with something today. What if they did walk in? What if those people I just described walked in? I'm not saying they were, but what if Brother Jones walks in and he sits right here. He's in a three-piece suit. He looks like a nice guy. Drives a Lexus or drives a you know Mercedes or a Jaguar. He's got a really nice car. Expensive suit. We don't know him from Adam's house cat. Seems to be put together. We don't see his wife. We see he's got a wedding ring, but we don't see his wife with him at church. She comes for a couple weeks. A couple weeks later, she comes, but she sits kind of beside him, but we don't really think too much about it at all. We're just so excited to have him. What we don't know is that he goes on business trips and he has girlfriends all over town on these long business trips. Yeah, he's a salesman. He's a corporate executive, but he's cheating on his wife. But we don't know that, but we're so excited to have him. We let Gomer come into church, who we do know, She's got to get it fixed before we can associate. The Bible said Jesus went to places where he already knew they were messed up ahead of time. Nobody ever came to Jesus pre-saved. They came to Jesus needing a Savior. Can I tell you, I I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I just want to remind all of us in this room, you didn't come to Jesus pre-saved either. He came and found you. You didn't walk in and say, Jesus, I'm already saved. And he said, I've been waiting on you to get saved. It's great, glad to have you. No. You found Jesus. Jesus, You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. He came looking for you. You were the lost sheep. He came looking for you. So let us not forget where Jesus brought us from. Because if God is a God of endless love, we too, we don't have to condone the sin, but we have to love the sinner. The Bible says, Therefore there is no more condemnation to them that know Christ Jesus. Condemning the sin and, and condoning the sin are two different things. You can not condone the sin, but you don't have to condemn them to hell either. You can love them to Jesus. Some of the most painful experiences, Carol, as you play, so that they think I'm done, some of the most painful experiences people experience is not their husband cheated on them or that their mom or dad passed away unexpectedly. Some of the greatest broken hearts that have ever happened this side of heaven we're not because some friend stole somebody else's boyfriend or girlfriend or a breakup or a divorce. Those are painful, but they're not the most painful. In my opinion, one of the most painful things. I have seen husbands and wives who were living in infidelity, shacking up together. Then they got married, but one of them still sowed wild oats. But over time, God kept the home together, saved them. I got people that come to this church right now. I'm not going to talk about them directly. Their families are not here. They come to this church, but their family alone is a proven miracle that God can take when you leave a spouse and you sow your wild oats. This particular family, the next door neighbor asked for the wedding ring of the unbelieving spouse and said, I'm going to pray until God fixes this thing. Took the other, the spouse that was the next door neighbor. Took them to church, put them in a prayer room, prayed, 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 prayed. Didn't see stuff. For a while, it seemed like the unbelieving spouse got worse and was trying to almost throw it up in the face of the woman trying to do right. One day it came, a phone call came. It says, hey, I just want you to know this Sunday, I'm getting baptized at a church across town. I gave my heart to Jesus this morning. They're having baptism night. Would you please come? Would you bring our, our child? They walked into that church. It wasn't even Pentecostal. It was a Baptist church. That individual got baptized. Shortly thereafter, some things shifted. Some things happened. He and his wife got back together. Put the home back together. You can't tell me God can't do things. Amen. I watched it. But that's not even the greatest hurt. You know, I, you know what I personally think is some of the hardest and most painful hurts and experiences people have ever felt? Church. Amen. Church. Amen. I didn't say the world. I didn't say somebody stole my girlfriend, somebody stole my boyfriend, somebody stole my husband, somebody stole my wife, somebody swindled me out of my credit card, somebody stole money out of my bank account. No, no, no. Church, you know why? Because when people come here, they're already hurting and they're thinking this should be not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. They think this should be a place they can find healing, they can find hope, they can find rest. They think this should be the safest place they can go. They come here and they get hurt and they feel like, what is left? I expect the sinner to be a sinner. I expect my husband to do this. Or I expect the ju- But what I didn't expect is the people that say they had the answer. The people that say they love God. The people that said they had it all together. I didn't expect them to be the ones to hurt me the most. Sometimes it's because of condemnation. The snarling of noses. The furrowness of brows. The righteous, more righteous than you are. The higher... Ar- we push them away from Jesus, then bringing them closer to the foot of the cross. God doesn't want us to push them away. He wants us to bring them to Him. Amen. He wants them to come. The Bible is clear. Whosoever will, let them come to know Jesus. There are many people. That They're out there in this world. They know the Bible better than some of the folks in the church. They used to go to church. They used to serve in church They used to be ministers, they used to be preachers They used to be Sunday school teachers, worship leaders They used to do all kinds of stuff But something happened in church And it broke them It broke their heart They turned their back on God They gave up on the ministry, they gave up on the people They gave up on the church, they gave up on ministry They gave it all up got hurt at the place they thought would be the least place that they'd find hurt some pastor walked into the room and lamb blasted them, some associate pastor walked into the room and tried to act like he was the pastor and tell them what he was gonna, they were going to do and this, that and the other some church member who had no authority whatsoever at all comes in there and starts laying claims, staking territory trying to usurp their power and, and start saying venomous and toxic, uh, toxic things and become toxicity to the church and starts saying things, some the little sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so starts having a conversation on this end of the church saying, you see those people over there? Yeah, I heard about her. And they overhear the conversation of their pew across here and it turns them off. We don't realize how many people are out there. They know God. They even maybe one time had an experience with God. And maybe they were like Gomer. They had been in the presence of God. But life changed them. I wonder how many people one day is going to stand before God blood on their hands for what they did to hurt the body of Christ rather than to heal the body of Christ. God doesn't want us to continue to hurt his children. He wants us to help them find healing in his presence. So here's the bottom line, and I'm done today. I don't know of anybody in this church, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand, I'm not asking you to admit it. I wonder if there's anybody in this church. You and God would be the only ones in this church that's going to know this. But you not only you may have been hurt by a spouse, you may have been hurt by a family member, you may have been hurt by a friend, and that's that's devastating. And, I, and I'm not downplaying that. But I want you to search your heart, and you. I wonder if there's anybody in this church today that would say, Pastor, in your heart, you know, I don't want to embarrass you. I've not been hurt by just that, but I've been hurt by God's people. I've been hurt by the church the preacher, the Sunday school director, the teacher. I don't want to know your story. If you want to tell me later, that's between you and God. But you and God, you know there's some hurt in there. I want to pray for you. I'm not asking you to raise your hand or tell me, but I'm going to pray for you right now before we close. You know why I want to pray for you? Because whether or not you join a church, whether or not you join a fellowship of believers, whether or not you serve in ministry again or not, that's between you and God. That's not my God. It's my, my job to tell you to do. But I want you to know something. You're probably the most essential element and cog in the wheel, the piece of the puzzle that I need the most in this church. Because those that have walked through hurt, those that have walked through pain, those that have shed tears, those that have had their lives torn apart, but they have experienced the balm of Gilead and the healing for a broken and contrite spirit the Lord will not despise. Those that have experienced that healing, they're the ones that will have keen eyes and presenters to see others who are hurting, and they'll be the ones to go and say, I've been there. Let me show you how I got through. I met Jesus. I, Jesus came. So if you've ever experienced hurt, I'm going to pray here in just a moment for you, and then I'm going to have the benediction. If you've ever experienced hurt like that, I want to pray for you today that God brings solace and healing, healing, and wholeness to you because I need you. But more importantly, God needs you because there's a lost and a dying world out there that needs heartbreak people, heartbroken people to be menders of broken hearts, to be healers of hurt. God needs you. Listen to this preacher. God Needs you. He needs you. He needs you. Let's pray together, Father. I am just a vessel of honor that has only been made that way by the hands of the master potter and molded this un- unworthy vessel of clay. God, there's probably people in this room right now who are watching online, their hearts have been broken, their lives have been shattered, and they are in turmoil. I'm asking today, God, the God of broken hearts mends them. The God of broken and contrite spirits makes them whole again. And God, I'm asking you, let this body of believers, this church, not become a museum for saved people and a museum for saints, but God, we would make sure we would stay a hospital for sinners, a place of hope, a place of healing, a place of joy, a place of peace, a place of endless love, a love that supersedes all other loves the love it's called agape, sacrificial love God let this church be a place when people come they meet Jesus they feel Jesus they experience Jesus and they know they're in a safe place there's not to be judgment and condemnation but God there's a place where they can find healing and hope and salvation and be introduced to the greatest person that's ever been on this earth Jesus Christ and him alone and Father, as we get ready to leave this place I know the service took a little detour but that's okay you orchestrate all things the steps of a good man and woman order of the Lord you orchestrate it all according to riches and plans God, may you bless us and keep us. Your face shine upon us. Be gracious to us. Lift your countenance towards us and give us a peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. We guard our hearts to you come again. May the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O oh, Lord, our strength and blessed Redeemer. And as you remain in a spirit of prayer, I'm going to ask Brother Randy very reverently to segue right behind me and to pray the benedictory prayer. Don't forget services tonight. We love you. We're praying for you, and may God truly bless you is my prayer. Amen.
1: Kind Heavenly of Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you in prayer. Lord, for hearing your word. Lord, for your spirit that was here today, we thank you and praise you and lift you up, Lord, and give you the thanks the praise and the glory. Help us today as we go from this place, Lord, be with us. Bring us back to the appointed hour, we ask in Jesus' holy precious name. Amen.